Dalton. Yes, happy Arthur. Thanksgiving. Uh, Art, happy Thanksgiving to you. I am very thankful for you and for this show, and I'm happy to be here on a sleepy holiday night. I know. It's unusual. We, the only holiday we ever sort of may uh, meet on is maybe New Year's Eve or day. Uh, it's yeah, rare yeah. that we record on other holidays. Mostly because of family or time constraints. Yeah, we both happen to have kind of like, had our family obligations out of the way by the time we got to evening time. And yeah, I think you're right. We maybe would record a New Year's Eve double every once in a while, but this is probably the first proper holiday that we, uh, we've we had to sit down on. But uh, I was yeah. excited to do it. Well, well, good. It was your idea. Uh and I'll tell the folks why we're here. So uh, welcome, everybody, to another uh, edition of the uh, Good Trash Garbage Shoot. Uh, quick reviews on new movies in theaters right now. Uh, Dalton and I both made it out to the talkies uh, to check out uh, some recent movies. Uh, and one uh, that we both got to catch uh, is a brand new holiday horror film uh, entitled Thanksgiving. Yeah, the post I saw that I like is, uh, thank God somebody finally made a sequel to Halloween. Um, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Uh, yeah, uh, no, Eli yeah. Roth finally delivering on the promise of his, uh, th- well, we thought fake trailer uh, from the Grindhouse double feature in 07. But apparently this is a, a movie he's been cooking up with his writing partner since he was like 12 years old. Yeah, playing the long game on that one. Yeah, no kidding. So he, he finally delivered the goods, and we have, as uh, my friend Griffin would say, a, quote, normal slasher with good kills. Uh, <laughs> and I, I would say that, that is exactly what this is. It is no frills, no high premise, uh, no high concept, I should say. The premise is pretty interesting, and we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no high concept, and the kills are there. If that's what you're looking for in a slasher movie, this movie has, has the gore effects, has the creativity. It's, it's definitely got that going for it. Well, Thanksgiving as a holiday uh, traditionally has been pretty void of many movie moments. Uh, Christmas gets all the glory. Um, Adam Sandler did his best for Hanukkah. Uh, but but really, it is primarily uh, holiday movies are set at uh, Christmas. I, I can think of, I think, Vacation vacation is even christmas based um yeah. but uh i think you've got mail maybe kind of thanksgiving but it's a winter movie <laughs> yeah planes get... trains and automobiles i think is the one there you go that's one and i was gonna say if you get thanksgiving in a movie it's like as part of a montage of of like uh holidays right you know what i mean yeah. it's like just to demarcate time going f- uh, forward it's not really a uh a, a holiday that we've dedicated much screen time to that i can think of yeah, I, I guess uh, everybody just thinks Christmas does it again and then does it better. Uh, so, and we've had our fair share of uh, Christmas horror films. Uh, Black Christmas maybe the most notable, but uh, it's like Santa Slays or you know there's a lot of B movies and Silent Night, the uh, David Harbor action movie, and the upcoming one from John Woo uh, giving us another. But uh, it's, uh, it's inter- you get your Krampuses every once in a while, yeah, but yeah. not not too terribly often. It's it is often, uh, and I, I heard in uh, Eli Roth had a good interview with uh, Sean Finnessy over at the Big Picture. He kind of talked about this being part of the philosophy of wanting to make this movie. Is this is kind of a time of year where that is devoid of slashers and horror movies in a lot of ways, other than the like we said, the occasional uh, Christmas horror movie. Uh, but again, you know, he talked about as a as a Jewish filmmaker, that's not really a holiday that you know he has any relationship with. So Thanksgiving is one that he really wanted to to bring that that uh that sort of that that 
gleefully uh, morbid way to celebrate a holiday, let's say, by dedicating a slasher to it. Uh, wanted to follow that tradition for, for a holiday that means a lot to him. And, and, well, traditionally, there's also, I don't know that there is a more uh, kind of stereotypically combative or uh, hotly, you know, it is typically uh, Thanksgiving is based around jokes of not getting along with people. Sure, um, sure. And so uh, the catharsis of a horror film uh, may help with some of that uh, as as you headed to this week of, of Thanksgiving. Yeah, you, you got a good point there. And and again, uh, with the, uh, I guess we can, you know, we haven't gotten to your, your proper uh, who's in it, what's it about, who released it spiel, but uh, just to say that uh, the, the inciting incident of the film has to deal with a Black Friday. And so I think, speaking of the combativeness of the holiday, that's certainly, you know, the, the uh, horror stories of uh, Black Friday uh, incidents. Uh, certainly, you know, play into this film and play into this being a holiday with a, a reputation for being combative. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, certainly. Uh, and you know, in a fun, just a weird bit of bit, bit of trivia, uh, kind of thinking back to the show proper. Uh, I'll probably try to drop this tonight if I can get it edited pretty quick on Thanksgiving night. Um, but on this Black Friday in 2023, uh, our episode over "Sorry to Bother You" is dropping, which I thought I, I'd never planned that. But it felt like, and then kind of editing and getting that ready to drop, uh, it felt like the perfect Black Friday movie uh, was Sorry to Bother You. So that's just a random kind of aside there. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Good, good point. It absolutely is. Um, so uh, what, which, where should we start with uh, Thanksgiving? Well, let, I'll give the rundown and then we'll just jump into some quick uh, reviews. And then if we want to spoil stuff, we'll spoil stuff. How's that sound? Sounds perfect to me. Let's do it. After a Black Friday ride ends in tragedy, a mysterious Thanksgiving-inspired killer terrorizes Plymouth, Massachusetts, the birthplace of the holiday. Picking off residents one by one, what begins as a random revenge killings are soon revealed to be part of a larger, sinister holiday plan. Will the town uncover the killer and survive the holidays, or become guests at his twisted holiday dinner table? Thanksgiving is the newest film from the infamous horror figure Eli Roth. Based on a mock trailer from the 2007 Grindhouse Project, Thanksgiving follows in the footsteps of Machete and Hobo with a Shotgun. The film is directed by Eli Roth with a screenplay from Jeff Rindle. The film is produced by Roth, Rindle, and Roger Birnbaum. It is being distributed under the TriStar banner from Sony. Thanksgiving stars Patrick Dempsey, Addison Ray, Milo Mannheim, Jalen Thomas Brooks, Nell Verloc with Rick Hoffman and Gina Gershon. The movie is rated R uh, for strong bloody horror violence and gore, uh, pervasive language and some sexual material. And it runs approximately 106 minutes. And that is Eli Roth's Thanksgiving. Now, Dalton, what did you think of Thanksgiving? Man, what a good time at the movies. Uh, that's what I've got to say. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, I will say, and I, I've, I've said this in a couple of places now, I, I did think, you know, with that Black Friday opening, and, and it is quite an opening, it's really an impressive set piece, a really, really great bit of filmmaking, uh, and again, captures sort of our our modern condition uh, with it. It's, you know, there, there being somebody who, who's got to get the viral clips uh, during the incident. Uh, but it goes so hard. Like, even in, you know, there's, there's only like one or two... Uh, or two or three fatalities in that opening riot, but they're very grisly and grim, and the the injuries that are non fatal are pretty pretty gnarly as well. So it certainly made me me start out uh, thinking, oh wow, is this going to be 
the holiday season's anti-capitalist slasher feature. You know, are we really going to have a movie that is about sort of this this holiday that has fallen away and just become sort of a prelude to a shopping day? And I don't know that the movie goes that far into it. Uh, the stakes end up becoming pretty personal. It's no, no larger uh, ideological vendetta that our, our masked John Carver figure has. But you can certainly feel the love, or if not the love, the um, fascination with the holiday in this one. You know, uh, Roth is from Massachusetts, is, is from the Plymouth area, uh, or at least knows about it. I, I, had, I forget exactly where he's from, uh, but I know the, the general Boston Plymouth area, uh, somewhere in, in, in that neck of the woods. But if you want more on his, his upbringing, that, I, I do recommend that interview. Uh, but yeah, they talked about like really doing some research on Plymouth and, and, and realizing, oh, did you guys know that one of the first pilgrims was named John Carver? What a great slasher villain name. So it really came from, from that kind of stuff of, of being excited to tell a story about their hometown and what would the knuckleheads from our hometown, how would they respond to a slasher villain? And you can definitely feel that love with the, the sort of uh, larger-than-life mass hole characters, uh, those the sort of type of guy that we get in this movie uh, with the, uh, the Hampton uh, jock. Uh, love that character. Uh, but again, I think that, that regionality, that specificity uh, really adds a lot. And again, it being a place where Thanksgiving is huge, I think definitely adds to sort of uh, what makes this work as far as being in the lineage of good holiday slashers? You know, it's taking place somewhere where, where this holiday really matters, I think, adds something to it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it is that sincere. I think it has a sincerity to it that uh, obviously Roth heavily inspired by these sorts of films growing up, I would presume. And again, culturally, like you're saying, sort of in the the nation's uh, birthplace of Massachusetts uh, in many ways as well. That's got to be a huge sort of shadow looming over everything, I would presume, like the For history, sure. the, the things that you just can't kind of escape or avoid uh, knowing or learning about uh, in Massachusetts. Um, and so, yeah, man, this is it's a fun time. I didn't you know, I didn't see a trailer and I, I went in pretty well blind as far as I knew it was, uh, I, 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 I'd seen the posters. I didn't know Eli Roth was attached. I didn't, I haven't seen grindhouse proper. Like I've seen the both films, but I haven't seen all of the extra ex the periphery uh, stuff, all the trailers and all that stuff. So I didn't know its connection to that until a couple of weeks ago, uh, when somebody had mentioned it being a part of this. And so that was sort of out of my mind. Uh, but what I kind of had seen, it does seem kind of silly, kind of campy. Um, and it very much is, I think, a love letter in a lot of ways. But uh, I think you said Griff mentioned uh, it's a pretty straightforward slasher. Uh, I appreciate that it's not like a meta narrative. I, I, I think mm -hmm. that so many uh, horror films now, especially this, I think in the slasher genre, feel and they have to sort of go to that level of name checking the things um and i think it's it's nice that roth doesn't do that here i think that this is a very uh earnest and sincere sort of slasher film um it knows what it's about and it's got that sort of i guess grindhouse exploitation especially in the kills um, but i think that central mystery uh really works 
Um, I think it's well set up with some good red herrings. I, I think it, you know, I was kind of throughout the movie trying to piece it together and, you know, I've got my red herrings. Now who's got motivation? Who's not in that group? You know, what are those sort of, you know, what's the yarn chart on the wall showing? Um, and in that way, I thought it was very satisfying uh, with the direction that it went. And I like everybody here. I like Patrick Dempsey here. And that, to me, did kind of feel like the one nod that was sort of intertextual uh, to Scream 3 with, with Dempsey coming here. I, you know, I don't know if that was the intent or not, but I, I thought immediately of Scream 3 when I saw Dempsey show up. But I think he's great here. I think he really does... Uh, make this thing work along with everybody else that shows up as well. I think our young ensemble all, you know, it's getting a teen ensemble together for a horror movie uh, can be real hit or miss. And I think here they, they really work well together. Um, And you're right. That opening set piece uh, is, is, is gnarly in all the right ways. Um, I was kind of questioning if opening on a black Friday thing in 2023 would still have the same sort of, Effect, you know, I don't know with stores opening earlier with the sort of Black Friday rush, maybe not being as big, if that would still have an impact. But I think it still works. Um, I think it still uh, fits into what this movie's doing. And you're right, it doesn't have like these bigger, I don't think, anti capitalist, you know, things going on. It's it's there, but it's very kind of surface level. Um, the the family who owns the store kind of wrestle with the idea about it throughout, but it's not like a deep philosophical, I think, reflection on that uh, in any kind of way. No, it takes some general shots uh, at, at sort yeah. of the, the craven greed, but yeah, it's not really uh, interwoven in, in too big a way. Um, I'm glad you brought up Dempsey and the cast because I think they're all great. Uh, I like the teens. I think they interact believably. You know, uh, times change, uh, slang changes, uh, fads change, but teens are teens. Uh, and I think this does a good job of, of capturing them earnestly. Uh, really, really enjoyed that aspect. Good, good final girl. Uh, yeah. You know, good cast. Uh, and Dempsey is, is really solid. Uh, really fun to hear him do the accent that is apparently his accent because he is from that part of the country. Oh, cool. Yeah, I guess he went to Roth and was like, hey, do you want me to just use my accent? And he's like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm from wherever. Uh, I just, you know, lost my accent in school uh, like like you're supposed to. But I, I still <laughs> I can still do it. So, yeah, love that for him. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, right. But again, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the cast because they are there. I think they really do help make this thing sing. Uh, I, I think the uh, the filmmaking is really good as well, though. You know, I think I think Roth still has a, a really excellent eye, and I think the the pacing of sort of the the kill set pieces, uh, you know, the, the chases, the the hiding set pieces, like all that stuff is like really well designed, uh, and I think really effective filmmaking. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think it, I mean, yeah, it, I think it, it comes together so smoothly and, and, you know, seeing a slasher that's at a just over a hundred minutes is a bit kind of like, uh, is this too long? Because slashers can easily overstay that welcome, mm-hmm. you know, notably, I think screams almost at two hours, but traditionally it is, uh, it's hard to get a lot of mileage out of these sorts of stories, I think. Uh, but yeah, I think it paced well. I, I was never like checking the clock i was pretty in invested the entire time um go ahead i was just gonna say i did get a little antsy at one point uh to to your to your point i, I do wonder like ooh, could we've been a little closer to, to 100 flat 
uh, you know, could we shave five minutes off? But I think generally speaking, it, it is well paced. Uh, and I think uh, it, I, I was interested to hear uh, in, in the interview that I mentioned already, um, sort of the, the, the filmmaking process as far as test audiences, you know, finding out how much gore is enough. And like, it, it was interesting to hear his philosophy as a filmmaker about like, wh- how much do you show? And, you know, how, how do you freak the audience out? Uh, and, and sort of planning kills ahead of time versus finding things on the day. It was really interesting to hear uh, the philosophy on those things. So I definitely recommend you go to that. Um, I, you know, there are things I would question about pacing, but without it's hard to without maybe spoiling some of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly in the ending, which uh, is I think fun, uh, and again kind of very much feels like a nod to an earlier time in the eighties um, with the the thing that they do in the ending. Oh um, yeah, very well said. I think that's a great point, Arthur. Yeah, that um, definitely feels like a, a hat tip, a hat tip to an older time of uh, slashers for sure. Uh, and speaking of, you know, uh, this was a huge thing in the 80s, you know, following in the wake of Halloween, uh, we get Friday the 13th and then there's, uh, you know, St. Valentine's Day Massacre and there's a few or My Bloody Valentine, I should say, um, of these movies that do try to capitalize on holidays, I think, to uh, mostly lesser effect. Um, so that's another kind of fun thing that Roth is doing. I, I know he's talked about, you know, making this a holiday movie for the now, but, or for Thanksgiving, but, uh, it, it's another big part of the tradition. Like he, he understands the tradition of these movies in a way that's not, I guess, obnoxious. I, I think it, <laughs> totally. it feels very much, it feels like a very sincere love letter that isn't pointing out at every other moment that it's a love letter, I guess. Yeah, you mentioned earlier that it's not too meta, and I, I think we've gotten a little bit too much of that over the last few years. So I think we're all a little leery of it, uh, but it is you know genre aware, right? It definitely plays with tropes uh, in, in interesting ways. But I, I think I agree with you. It's it's never winking in in too aggressive of a way. Where are you at on Eli Roth? <laughs> I'm just curious. You know, I don't have a huge. Uh, familiarity with the work i guess i know know hostile one and i know cabin fever it's pretty much just those two for me um i haven't seen you know his children's film i haven't seen green inferno Uh, i know he's got borderlands coming next year um but yeah i do kind of have a lot of blind spots when it comes to him but i you know i actually kind of uh, i appreciate him as an actor in inglorious bastards for sure Uh, but i was really uh, have kind of been an advocate for him in that in that role i know he uh some people are kind of iffy on that performance, but I, I go for it. Um, but yeah, I guess I could stand to see more of his stuff. I, you know, I'm curious. I know Death Wish was not well received, and I, I haven't heard a ton about the house with the clock in its walls. But I'm, you know, curious enough about both of them. And Knock Knock, I always wanted to check out. So I definitely hope to get to uh, some more of his stuff at some point. What about you? Yeah, he's uh, I, I mean, almost exactly the same. I, I remember seeing Cabin Fever. I think when I was in high school, I think I watched it. Um, and I can distinctly remember some parts from it, you know, shaving the leg and the skin peeling off. Things sure, like that. sure. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, he got that reputation of like the torture porn thing. And it was something I kind of just avoided going into, like that wasn't a thing I wanted to. So I pretty well avoided hostile and I avoided green inferno for those reasons. Um, and then like I started knock knock, but I don't think I realized it was an Eli Roth film at the time when I, when I did, you know, I watched about half of it. I didn't mm. finish it. Um, and the same with house, uh, with the clock in his wallet. I, I, you know, that's another, it's like a weird, 
when his name is kind of mentioned or when it's maybe not mentioned in the marketing for this um, kind of stuff. So uh, I, I'm probably just like you. I, I really haven't. I, his reputation precedes him, and that's kind of how I know him. I know of him through just film in general. Um, and again, him having that sort of reputation, I think, kind of always kept me at arm's length from seeking out his stuff. Yeah, you know, I do have to have love for him as a fellow psoriasis sufferer, you know, uh, and I, I've always been uh, endeared to that aspect of, of Cabin Fever, of that, you know, his psoriasis being sort of uh, an inspiration for that film in some ways. So, hey, you know, I got got love for the guy in that regard, if nothing else. Uh, but I definitely uh, I really enjoy this film and it makes me want to reappraise more of his filmography because I think this is, you know, really high high tier uh horror filmmaking i honestly have it rated too low on letterboxd i came out of it uh at a 3.5 and i think maybe that's just because mild spoiler here uh, but it does sort of have the same reveal as scream 6 from earlier this year and i think that made me underrated at first but i'm definitely coming up to to a, a four out of five on this one i think i think this is it's not aspiring to any any greatness but that's sort of what makes it great if you know what i mean yeah, and it's always, you know, assessing a movie against what it's trying to do, and I think mostly it's doing, you know, almost perfectly what it's wanting to do. Um, so I, I really dug it. Um, but, you know, and I, man, I watched this back-to-back with, I watched Next Goal Wins, and then I followed this with Napoleon uh, in maybe the most bizarre triple feature um, programmed. Um, now, that sounds excellent. That sounds like a lovely day at the cinema to me, my friend. I'm glad uh, you got to It was a great time. That. Yeah, it was a great time. Uh, but of the movies I've seen in the, I, and I saw you know two more movies yesterday uh, in theaters, and uh, of those five movies I saw in theaters, Thanksgiving is the one I think is going to stick with me. Um, and I was kind of perusing my 2023 list last night and trying to kind of start thinking of top movies or best movies. And yeah, I don't know, you know, I don't know that Thanksgiving will make a top ten, but it's one I'm going to look back on fondly, and it's one I think I'm going to come back to. Um, before we wrap up, before we give kind of final thoughts, let's take a moment. Is there let's spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Is there anything you want to talk about uh, uh, regarding that element of this film? Sure. Let's talk about Dempsey some more. I think, you know, if, if, if you were paying attention, we did start talking about Dempsey right as we started talking uh, about uh, sort of uh, motivation. So, yeah, he, he is the killer. And I think it's a great reveal. I think he, he's really good. I, it's not definitely not too hard to pick up that it's him. Um, everybody else sort of feels like a red herring. Uh, but I think that's that's not necessarily a problem. Uh, but it definitely it's it's fun. You know, I think. Part of what is interesting about the slasher genre is that many of them are whodunits, and I think this this is effective, as you said. It's it's definitely leans into that well, and I, I think Dempsey gets a really good you know reveal monologue, um, and it definitely makes sense when you think about the ending of that riot. Uh, you know, it just ends with a hard cut on him firing his gun in the air, uh, very dramatically. And so it definitely feels appropriate uh, once you get to the end of the movie and, and it's revealed that he's the, the John Carver that's uh, been terrorizing everyone. You're like, okay, sure, this makes sense. Um, so it's a good reveal, yeah. I think, story-wise, and it's very well acted by Dempsey. I think it's just you know really compelling and, as you, as you alluded to, an absolutely classic slasher uh, final scare ending with him uh, on fire in, in yeah. our Lee Jessica's closet. 
Yeah, I mean, echoing Friday the Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street, right? That that sort of final jump. Um, yeah, I you know I was piecing it together in the movie, and I'm like, okay, obviously these two boyfriends are the big red herrings. Um, are they going to do the scream thing with the two friends who we don't see die on screen? You know, that was kind of a a, a big red herring as well uh, with the two friends abducted from the high school um, who we don't see again for a while. Um, and then at some point I was like, it could be Dempsey, but my motivation, the motivation I had for him was a little, I was thinking he was just so aghast at what the town had done. Right. It was mm-hmm. just more primal in that, you know, how could this good upstanding town turn to this, um, for a waffle maker? And so, uh, and the fact that the, t- the 16 and 18 year olds are losing their mind over waffle makers is probably one of the best bits in the movie. It's- so funny i mean uh, yeah that uh i guess that's a toronto actor who plays uh the northampton kid uh and uh when uh, he's full goodwill hunting it's so good yeah i guess he said to roth that he that's what he'd always he you know grew up loving the departed and always wanted to play a mass hole and that's how why he knew the accent so well Yeah. yeah he just yeah he wanted to he grew up on those movies and uh, always wanted to play that type so yeah good good on him because he's he's yeah, an he's, absolutely uh shines a uh, great side character yeah uh, man yes it's, it's fun that's it's a good time but yeah dimsey i i mean and when we get the reveal i think it it comes out well uh I, and again it doesn't you know our, our final girl is smart she's clever Mm-hmm. Um, and she picks up on things and I think that's always to be appreciated as well well and the uh, way and she so takes out of, the way she takes out Dempsey is like well seated earlier in the film I think just you know fun screenwriting yeah yeah Chekhov's turkey balloon mm-hmm. um, what was I going to say uh, good, oh uh, I guess do you have a what, what's your favorite kill boat through the face totally insane oh at the parade yeah, yeah, and it's not even yeah. a kill. It's not even a kill that Dipsy means to do. Yeah, they just sort of show this boat's structural integrity being weakened, uh, and then eventually it does result in the guy driving the the float getting impaled. And wow, it is nutty. Uh, yeah, really, really wacky prosthetic on that. Yeah, that's what a good one. You? Uh, you know, I don't. I I think that's a solid. I'm trying to think of them kind of all in my head. Uh, I mean, shopping carts hard. That's hardcore. Yeah, the uh, Gershon the one opening. is is like really like sad and and yeah. <laughs> troubling. And the, all the audience that I was with really got a big oof off the shopping cart hit. And there are moments from each one, like the, the shopping carts, one that's kind of very gruesome to me. Uh, the waitress in the freezer. Oh yeah, uh, that that whole thing is hard. Uh, and then the trampoline knife thing was the one that really was like oh when she starts about you know bouncing and then those knives are coming up through the trampoline and i was not expecting it yeah i knew that kill was coming uh because it is a riff on a kill in the original thanksgiving trailer but he sort of if you know if you know that trailer he subverts your expectations for that kill in in a really interesting way and sets up a a sequence that's uh much more gruesome uh and and less silly than than the uh the original trailer uh, went for uh, yeah, that's a uh, yeah. I think that's a great pick as well. Really, really gnarly. Uh, now, in a forthcoming episode of the genre cast, I think that you may have mentioned something about the the, the turkey, uh, the the oven kill. Well, but I can't remember what you were. Or it may have been off air. I don't remember if we recorded it or not. 
Uh, but you were talking some. You had some thoughts about that. Yeah, uh, I, I you the know cooking kill. It almost goes too far, but I think that's the point. And you know, in that that interview, I keep bringing up they they actually did talk about this kill uh, as well, and that that uh, you know, Finnessy kind of said the same thing and asked uh, Roth about it. He was like, "Yeah, we were sort of going for that," and we like went back and forth on how we would shoot it, like how much would be inside the oven, how much would be outside of it. And, but you know, it is Thanksgiving. It's like, it's the most gruesome thing you could do for a Thanksgiving slasher is, you know, this woman gets cooked alive and served to her husband. Yeah. It's, it's, it is grim. Uh, Yeah. yeah, It's a pretty tough one, but again, I think, I think they, some of them should be, you know, this uh, Dempsey can't be too fun. You know, he is sort of a, a, a horrific mur- serial murderer. And uh, we, we do have to, you know, acknowledge that to his the kills can't all be fun. You know, they some of them have to be like gnarly in a way that makes your skin crawl. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's effective ultimately. But yeah, I definitely like, ooh, it was that was a tough one for me. Now, I was looking preliminary. I, I haven't really got to look at box office numbers, um, not knowing if this has done too well uh, on opening weekend here. Uh, last week when it opened, I guess. Um, maybe some goodwill in the second week could get it up. Uh, have you seen those numbers at all, or do you know? I don't. I'm looking them up right now as we speak, so I, I definitely uh, am interested. I, I hope it does well, for sure. You know, slasher movies are... I, I shouldn't even say slashers. Horror movies have been a reliable genre at the box office and it's against all changing uh, factors in the industry. You know, as uh, we're always talking about the upheaval that's going on right now, but the, but horror just seems to stand strong. Um, uh, yeah, let's it's let's a, take a look. Yeah, I was trying to find. Let me see a week. Where are we at here? You know, it's a hard week too, uh, with uh, everything kind of going on. Twelve million to fourteen million opening, so yeah, it's sitting about at its budget. S- yeah, it's sitting at seventeen right now, so it has okay. made its budget back. Um, so yeah, I mean, competing go. with Trolls, Hunger Games, Wish, The Marvels, mm. uh, Napoleon for the five people who were going to go see that. I was in an audience of maybe 20 uh, elderly people um, when I saw Napoleon at three o'clock on a Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever day. Well, I saw that, it, that is definitely the crowd for that, that screen time. I do hope yeah. that the, the, the uh, evening uh, box office for this weekend's a little stronger, but uh, I don't I, know that I, people are going to the, the, the movies on holidays quite the way they used to. You know? Yeah. I was wondering about that. Uh, I mean, it got immensely harder for us, for me this year uh, with the arrival of a, a child. So that, you know, finding those uh moments to be able to do that were really great this week but um yeah i I can't imagine and especially the price is going up continuously um i know it gets harder for families i think to go to the movies um and so yeah i i just don't know what those kind of numbers look like and i presume all of the uh, oppenheimer uh fans aren't going to show up for napoleon unfortunately um but they could have they could have saved the cinema they could have saved Apple with all of that money. Uh, I guess it opened to number three last weekend. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it holds uh, with, with 10 in that opening. Um, I'm looking at, at the numbers right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's definitely we're going into, I think it did like uh, almost two million yesterday. Um, so that, that bodes well, you know, going into yeah. the holiday night. Um, 
I think last yeah last Sunday it did uh, almost two point seven. So it, it did okay. It held throughout the weekend pretty strongly, uh, and did okay business during the week. So what we shall see. I'd be kind of curious to uh, go back and just know like obviously October is a great month for horror. We get some horror over the summer, mm-hmm. but I wonder if there are other times of the year where I think January, February, we may get stuff occasionally, but, um, horror is usually a fairly reliable genre. So, uh, it's, you know, with all that competition, I think 17 million is not a bad number for sure. Um, and it's, you know, cheap movies. All. That's, that's, that's yeah. part of the, uh, the, the, ap- the, yeah, part of the, the whole, raison d'etre of uh, green lighting horror movies you know they're cheap to make now arthur you, you mentioned some of the other big holiday releases you caught uh and any thoughts on those that you'd like to to share um you know nothing's really blowing my hair back uh i saw napoleon it, it was mostly fine um looks incredible stellar performances but it just kind of feels a little empty uh beyond that um what uh next goal wins a pretty formulaic kind of sport movie uh the the kind of diversity of it is cool but um I, you know i don't know it's doing anything super special i think it may get fans uh i'm kind of you know curious about that one um what else did i see uh the marvels i thought was a fun time obviously you know, marvel has a lot of problems but i think the movie uh, a lot of it comes down to Monvalani just being an absolute delight of a person um, and her infectious uh, joy of being Miss Marvel really does a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, and then we watched Trolls uh, band together, which was a fun time. Uh, pretty harmless and doesn't overstay its welcome. And uh, I had a lot of fun with that one too. So nice. I, I saw stuff that I, you know, I saw a lot of things that I enjoyed, but nothing really blowing my hair back. I watched Saltburn last night. Um, and again, kind of, kind of like Napoleon looks great. Uh, Barry Keegan just going for broke and, absolutely getting it but uh kind of feels empty i think in a way I, that's that's what i keep hearing i'm gonna try to get to salt burn this weekend myself uh but i i too have have heard that that it is sort of empty feeling uh the critique i heard was that it is a straight camp that thinks it's gay camp uh so we we shall see i'm, I'm interested interesting uh yeah. i caught i caught up with priscilla um, oh, okay, speaking yeah. of, of recent releases around right now, um, I, I'm a fan. You know, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, probably one of Sofia Coppola's best, in fact. I, you know, again, probably right up there with Thanksgiving, a four out of five. You know, I think a film that really okay. uh, does, doesn't break the mold, but it very strongly succeeds in what it's trying to do and tells a compelling uh, character portrait of a, of a very reserved uh, person in Priscilla. Um, really beautiful photography, really some really sumptuous images, just like uh, of what it would be like to exist in that space, and you know, in in Graceland and in these other interiors that she's in, like very classic Sofia Coppola filmmaking. Um, a, a one that kind of grew on me. I, I was unsure of it coming out of the theater, and that's that's sort of where I've been with with both it and Thanksgiving. And I'm not I'm not quite sure uh, why on both films it took me a little bit to fully come up come over to their charms but on, on both they were they were growers for me um after a day or two but uh yeah. it's kaylee spanny in this film re- and jacob lordy i mean really excellent i know oh, Lord, lordy elvis lordy's elvis so yeah i'm looking forward ha. to seeing him in saltburn yeah. yeah that's interesting well you know what's funny think kind of think about that uh so there's a character named farley in saltburn mm. who's sort of the 
cousin who's annoyed by uh, the inclusion of uh, Barry Keegan's character um, into their circle of friends. Uh, and it's the lead from uh, Gran Turismo, uh, which was just oh, great. kind of a funny bit. Yeah. So another kind of like very different performances kind of a thing. Uh, for you, so I'll be curious to hear your thought on that as well uh, when you watch Saltburn. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, Arthur, what do you think? Should I get to Napoleon? Do I need to see those? Uh, do I need to see those those uh, dang ass French freaks uh, do their thing on the big screen? Man, you know it's hard because it's gorgeous. I mean, it looks great. I mean, if you like those sort of, I mean, the technical prowess, the big uh, action. I mean, some of the battles are so cool. Uh, there's one, I, I don't know dates, times, or places. I just can't be bothered with history, but um, they're, they're in the snow and in the ice, uh, and it's a really cool sequence, uh, how that unfolds. Uh, and Phoenix is great, you know. I, I mean, I don't know that we needed another reminder of how good he is as an actor, but we get one. Uh, Vanessa Kirby's good. Um, so, I mean, if you want to go see it just for the sheer kind of visual spectacle of it, I would say... It's not a bad waste of your time. Um, you could also wait for the four-hour director's cut if you'd want to do that instead. Uh, Maybe I will. I don't know. Maybe I should let Nick Sanford talk me into doing the 1045 right now, right this very evening. Do it. Uh, <laughs> hey, man. Go. Yeah, you and Sanford. Yeah, y'all go do that. Um, you know what? It's matinee price, so why not? Uh, no, no. 1045 no. p.m., my good oh, sir. <laughs> tonight. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's threatening to go to the 1045 IMAX. He said the teenager <laughs> in him wants to do it. That's um, awesome. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm debating it. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, God go with you then if you do. Um, or Napoleon's Ghost, one of the two. <laughs> I think it's, man, it's such a mixed bag. I, I It's just covering way too much. It, it really, it's, you know, covering his entire uh military career which is way too much for two and a half hours um yes yeah, there's 30 not enough years. there for two and a half hours as well it's just rushed moments um and i you know i, I sent this hot take to to you guys but i don't know that you should get a director's cut if you can't deliver on a theatrical cut like there's a difference in a studio intervening and cutting up a film and then getting a chance to sort of redeem it afterwards, mm-hmm. but going into a production knowing you're going to get a director's cut, and I'm presuming that's kind of what happened, the way they're talking it up, um, is a little problematic, I think. Yeah. Like, because now it's, is this just a trailer for your four-hour cut? Like, It certainly would be an interesting move, and I'd be curious if we see more and more of it. You know, I mean, obviously Tarantino did this for Netflix with his Hateful Eights longer cut. Yeah. So maybe we start seeing more and more of the uh, director's cut as a miniseries model. Um, yeah. Who knows? But it is interesting for a, st- a big streamer to, uh, you know, help co-produce a, a theatrical release and then say, hey, if you want more of this, Apple Plus, three months of it free with an Apple device, you know. Whatever. I guess Scorsese didn't get that deal, though. So since we well, you know, I think he made the movie he wanted to make. You know, and, and from what it yeah. sounds like, uh, a tighter film, in in your opinion. Uh, yeah, even, even at three added, and a half hours, even at an yeah. hour longer. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> man. And it, but it, God, it's got some fun. It's so funny though. Like that's the thing about it. Like I've it heard, it's this, got some Phantom Thread energy. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, one of my favorite jokes is that. 
uh, Napoleon is arguing with somebody um, from another, you know, a diplomat or whatever is arguing with whoever it is and just yells, you know, you think you're better than us because you have boats. And then he runs out of the building, um, which is so good, you know, and we get several of those moments. And so like, those are the things that I'm like, yes, it's cooking. Uh, and then it's in the kind of exterior and the sort of periphery of his life that it's all of these rushed moments that don't get a chance to really feel the impact or weight of them uh, because we're in such a rush to get to the next thing. Yeah, uh, that, that makes sense. Well, um, that's, that's sort of our holiday roundup. There's nothing else coming out. We've kind of covered everything that's, that's out or expanding into white. Oh, I guess the holdovers, which I think neither of us have seen, or have you seen it? No, I've got it on a screening link. I need to watch it. And I just, I, I picked Saltburn over that last night um, to get into that place and see what it was about. Before. I've already missed the holdovers by like three weeks or whatever. So, um, but I'll, I, I w- will like to watch the holdovers by the end of this week. And then, yeah, I think that's the big, the big kind of blind spot. That's the um, holiday one that I most want to get to, honestly. You know, I'm, I, I want the titillation of Saltburn. I want to. I want to go see that with a big group. But truly, I you know the sentimentality of the holdovers really appeals to me. I want to go check that out. Yeah, that's the one I'm. I'm really anticipating could crack a top ten. And looking at my list right now, I'm not really confident about what's in there. However, I do know that the uh, the neon screening box is starting to get uh, sent out. So I'm hoping soon to have that, and I'll have my hands on Ferrari and Anatomy of a Fall and. Uh, Origins is that the new one from Ava DuVernay? I believe that's uh, right. I mean, I'm excited for you to see Anatomy of a Fall. Oof. Yeah, man. That. Uh, oh, uh, what's the new one with uh, um, uh, Thomas and McKenzie and uh, Anne Hathaway? Oh, Eileen. Yeah, Eileen. Yeah. I'm really excited about. It. We get that in about two weeks. I, I think it's the first week of December. Yeah, I, that yeah. one I'm really looking forward to. I mean, man, Neon is just on it this year I they're think, throwing they're so. throwing heat this year yeah. yeah i'm i'm very interested to get that set because there's some stuff in there i am you know really excited to see yeah they and always then, send such a beautiful collection and it does it does feel like a little christmas present yeah so anyway yeah well that's it uh that's our thoughts on thanksgiving and some of the other holiday movies we watched so um if you're listening after thanksgiving we hope you had a good thanksgiving we hope you have a wonderful holiday season um and are ready for a new year um uh, i don't know if i'm ready for 2024 but we'll see what happens yeah godspeed and uh keep the gravy going (laughs) all right uh well uh we're gonna do this again at some point but you can always catch us over on the main show good trash genre cast uh we will be soon covering some of our 2023 blind spots and so this is a nice segue into that um so join us over there and we will catch you next time (laughs) 